0: Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Ledihan.
1: Well, if you're listening on the day that it comes out, it's October the 11th. And uh, we're happy to make a connection with you. But I have to tell you that we are pre-recording it on uh, September the 2nd. It's a Saturday morning, actually. And um, we f- I woke up to the sad news today that we lost Jimmy Buffett. Today.
2: I heard that. Oh, my gosh.
1: I mean, what a shock. I didn't even know he was uh, he was sick or anything and they're, they're not saying what the cause is
2: but well I heard a couple months ago he Pete Sal- Salish oh, is my I, guest I, I, by the way how you doing out there and I
1: was going to get you Pete I promise yeah. but yeah I want to hear you I, uh, yeah. I
2: heard a couple months ago he canceled a bunch of shows for yeah. health reasons heard that too but that's the last I heard and then, yeah so he must have had something pop something. up something
1: man how horrible and you know I talk a lot on this podcast about genres and leave that up to the marketing people and the record labels right be your own genre I always say and there's a perfect example Jim, Jim before Jimmy Buffett there wasn't a Jimmy Buffett he created his own genre and beach music today is just a, a
2: big thing it created it, a lifestyle it, it really has it got yes. bigger than the music you know? it, it sure did
1: it sure did
2: there's a whole uh concert circuit yes you know the parrot head circuit there is yeah.
1: yeah and there's lots of friends that i have down in florida that are just tearing it up guys like john randall uh performing up and down and all around playing that beach kind of mm-hmm. uh what do they call? there's a name for that now and I'm trying to think of the name Is it of it.
2: Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock. Yeah. Yes. That just means old music for white people. <laughs> <instead of old. laughs> well, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Pete
1: Salas is our guest, and I really look forward to having you on this show. Pete, it, you, you see him around Tennessee, so he's a pro writer, and I'll tell you a little bit from Chicago. Chicago. Uh, love the Windy City. But go you've been Go Cubs. We've been, uh, been yeah, the Cubs, oh, you had to bring that up, right? I grew up in Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland Indians fan. Yeah, the Guardians, they, sorry. They, no, they're the Garden, yeah. Guardians. Well, Guardians, when they lose Indians when they win. Right, right. Uh, that's how we justify. But anyway, you guys beat us in the world series back at 16 and I'm still broken
2: hearted. Oh, but it was a great moment. One, it one was a rare, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the rare moments in a hundred years of baseball. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> now, so. now, now we, we've been almost a hundred years without a, but anyway, uh, Pete came from Chicago. You've been here quite some time here in Nashville. yeah. 25
2: you? years, 25 years, yeah, mid nineties. moved here.
1: And let me tell you about him. Um, Songs that are, I and mean, we talk about genres, but I mean, take take, take a look at this. He, he's written in the pop world, cuts in the pop world. yeah, Country, mm-hmm. with like Maddie and Tay and, and uh, that Ronnie Dunn guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What, what a great voice
2: that guy is. Yep. Uh,
1: blues, Kev Moe. Kev
2: Moe, yeah, yeah. What a crazy experience that was.
1: Yeah. Um, what am I leaving out? You've written for everybody. Shenandoah.
2: Oh, yeah. They just cut a song of mine a couple months ago. They have a new record deal on. Eight track entertainment. Oh man! And they're cutting eight six, track
1: entertainment. I think this is what the label's called. Wow! <laughs>
2: and they're based cool. out of Muscle Shoals, out, oh. out of Fame Studio. I and,
1: love uh, Muscle Shoals. Fame. So they're
2: cutting six of their greatest hits and six new songs. And I got one of the new ones.
1: I tell you, those guys are still. Great. Marty can sing like yeah. crazy, man. I He's haven't still...
2: heard it yet, but the guy said they're doing final mixes right now. And, wow! Uh, I'm dying to hear it. One oh, of the be- another that... great voice to hear. You know? Oh yeah, that guy's. Classic. After Ronnie Dunn and yeah. Shenandoah and yeah. Keb Moe. I mean, it's just cool to hear people sing your song. Yeah. You know? Talk about that. Share with us that feeling. It's got to be something. When you hear it the first time? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I love getting shocked. Like I had There was a guy <laughs> that won American Idol, uh, Philip Phillips. Phillip
1: Phillips. You did. And you uh, the
2: demo, our demo was kind of a ballad song. Uh-huh. And, uh... It was sent by my co-writer Rabel, sent to out in L.A. where I wrote it with them. They have managers. Back then, they had managers. Ten years ago, I was like, "Wow, writers have managers, managers? out of huh? California." Yeah. And so, uh, Rabel's manager emailed it to uh, Jimmy Albine, uh-huh. and he was you know running nineteen recordings, and Philip Phillips was in the studio for that week. And he only had two days left to record a few more songs. So Jimmy Alvine made him record it basically. Like <laughs> uh, he thought Philip thought it was too pop for him. But anyway, he was running out of time. So I got lucky just in that fact alone. But Yeah. What was uh, the song called? It was called So Easy. So Easy, so you can look it up. And so it was a real ballad mm-hmm. and then when I heard his version it blew me away. I was like,
0: Whoa, oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Real guitar, oh. you know. <laughs>
1: A song that you can play for us, the whole thing or no? Uh, ah, you on display, think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of anyway, like that, but
2: yeah. When, I like you, that. when you can, I mean, a lot of times you hear a song and you are a little underwhelmed. Uh-huh. So, but when they take it to a different place, sometimes you're overwhelmed, like wow, that was totally unexpected. Like I would never yeah. would have went that direction. So, you know, a song is to me is just like we're framing a house, and the artist is the one that's going to hang the curtains. Like,
1: ah, uh, that's a good point
2: kind of make it pretty and make it their own and make it their own you know yeah.
1: what I mean yeah I do know what you mean yeah. and we talked about this in a, on a previous podcast not too long ago when I write with young artists I always tell them that uh, as we leave if you like the song I mean make it your own yeah you know uh, I don't mind if you change a thing here or there you know as long as it's your don't, thing don't you
2: even know? ask permission that's just right just do it <laughs> make it yours that's right so. you're the artist You
1: know? <laughs> I remember my first cut and hearing that I just about cried yeah but they also made some changes, and uh, when I told the pluggers about it, they wanted to get on the phone, and I'm like, no, 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 no! don't rock the boat. I mean, that's fine. I like what they did with it, you know, and it's cool, but they, the thing is, they made it their own, and uh, I think they even made it better. So, um, that is a, a great feeling, isn't it? Oh, man. It really it,
2: well, is. Well, I mean, anytime you get anyone to record one of your songs, it's always... You know, because 99% of the time you hear nothing or no. Yeah. So when you get a yes. And nothing
1: is worse than no.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I always say, you know, a no response is a no response. Yeah. Yeah. So if you keep calling or texting somebody, Uh this is true with girls too. If you you text them and there's no response, that's a no answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no. You know. Interesting. Yeah. You're lucky to get any kind of response. Like, usually it's like, uh, this doesn't fit the artist or. We already got something like this, or you know, the song's yeah. not.
1: I, I just don't have anybody for yeah. that right
2: now. So that's I, I cool. love getting I love getting emails yeah. that turn you down just because you know they're yeah. responding. Yeah, you know, eighty yeah. yeah. percent of the time you don't hear a thing.
1: And you know, there's probably an open door there to pitch some more. On oh yeah, the line, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Well, if you if you stay here long enough, you'll <laughs> yeah. be able to open some doors. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. They say ten year town, right? Yeah, ten. Is it now ten? Yeah, sure. I remember when it was five. <laughs> then it was seven. Yeah. And now I've been hearing ten, so I don't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at 25 now.
1: Yeah, there's a guy like Paul uh, Jefferson who comes in in the first day, he gets a cut. Me, yeah, cut, you know, it's amazing. So, but anyway, can you play us a song? Yeah, what do you yeah. want to hear? Yeah, man, something. You know, I've seen you in rounds. In fact, just recently, a couple of weeks back, you played uh, at the Commodore in a feature round, yeah. and I, I just love your style, your stories. Uh, about your song, how about the Shenandoah uh, song? You, you, played okay, it, yeah. you played it that night, and I really liked it. And um, tell us, tell us about this. They're just this uh,
2: song has been around the block. Yeah, uh, I first heard from Garth Brooks about this song. Really? Yeah. And uh, you know, back when he was looking for songs, uh, he would call writers, and, and this happened to hundreds of friends of mine that mm-hmm. you know Garth called them. So it's not like a real. It's it's cool, but it's not like I was one of five people. It was hundreds of people that he would call. Yeah. It's for encouragement, I guess.
1: But. And not all the time would they believe him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I, right, Garth. in the movie. So there. he called and said, man, I just want to let you know I love this song. Any girl would love to hear this song. Wow. And uh, I've got two ballads on my record, so I can't do it. But I just wanted to let you know that Wow. I'm singing this to Tricia every night. No kidding. He didn't say that part. I added that. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined him singing this to Tricia every night. So, uh, you know I love it. <laughs> so he, so he didn't end up recording it and then uh Kyle Jacobs heard it and he wanted to, you know, play it for Lee Bryce, so Lee put it on hold and then that fell off. And then a year later, uh, hmm. I don't remember how it got to him. But um, Shenandoah cut it. That's at awesome. Fame Studio. So At Fames
0: in the muzzle shows.
1: Pete Sala's our guest.
0: I want your shoes under my bed I want my pillow under your head I want your toothbrush next to mine wanna kiss you goodnight every night makeup in my sink and fill my closet full of pink I want your mess all in my mess I want your shoes under my bed Everywhere I look I want to see Everything you are surrounding me Surrounding me I want your lipstick on my cuffs You lighted candles around my toes Hardwood floor to catch your dress I want your shoes under my bed Everywhere I look, I want to see Everything you are surrounding me Girl, you could make my dream to If I could spend my free
1: Absolutely beautiful. Man, beautiful. Yeah. our so <laughs> girl doesn't want to hear that? I know, right? <laughs> Great song. Who'd you write Thank that you. with? Was, what was that with
0: Will Mance? Will! Yeah. And he's been on the show. And uh, Raleigh Weston. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, fantastic. And we're going to hear that soon uh, as done by uh, Shenandoah. So, Shenandoah you
2: know, on all that. the yeah. streaming channels. So we're, you're hearing w- it. Wherever they are these days. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah, you're hearing it before you can even get it. You know? So that's <laughs> that's cool. Thanks, Pete, for that. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I love it. You mentioned the word hold, and we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's the, the first step, right? To getting the cut. Uh, explain a little bit what, what it means. And does it tie the song up?
2: Uh, holds have kind of morphed over the years, but originally holds were. A way for a producer to tell a writer, I like this song. Please hold it for me and my artists. Don't give it to any other artists.
1: It's kind of a gentleman's agreement that you're not gonna keep pitching it or Yeah,
2: don't play it for any artists like we like it enough to where we just want you to keep it a secret from now on. Mm. (laughs) You know, so we can cut it. Yeah. And then over the years, you know, the old saying was, you know, holds are as good as mold. So then you would have songs that would have three holds. Like you'd have hold number one would be yeah so-and-so. And then artist B would be hold two. They'd have a list of holds on this song. And it, you know, they would keep the order. You know, more mm-hmm. than i th- I've never seen one with more than three holds in a song. But, yeah. Uh, and now, I, you know, not now holds are kind of like, it really depends on who puts it on hold now. Yeah. You know, if... Uh, you know, because you're pitching everybody you can managers, right. lawyers, roommates, <laughs> bus drivers, cousins to the artist's you know, dog park. Yeah. Your few dogs, best friends, <laughs> dog owner. Yeah. So, you know, depending on who puts it on hold. I mean, obviously, yeah. if the artist hears it and they love it and they yeah. put it on hold, that would be great.
1: That, that would be great. Yeah. Chances are a lot better that that's going to get. So, paid. really,
2: an artist or a producer, that'd be kind of the only ones I would even, you know, yeah. you know, it's gotten so bad that even when I get a hold, by an artist who produce it. It doesn't even raise my blood pressure. <laughs>
1: you know? At first, it does because it's a bit it of validation. Doesn't. It doesn't it? anymore. It doesn't Not anymore.
2: No, it, I remember. Until watching... I go to, I've gone to Walmart. where well, I was told it was going to be on the record, and it wasn't on there.
1: Oh, are you kidding? So
2: I can't even. I have to wait to go to the. You know, if it's even at Walmart anymore, but you can go see it in print with a CD in it, wrapped up. Then I know. Oh, then yeah. I get excited. Then I'll take a picture and selfie.
1: I'm the same way. I believe it when it comes out. When yeah, exactly. I see it yeah, on the CD. Yeah. Now you talk. You, all right. Now you mentioned uh, Walmart. It's getting at yeah. me. But I'm. I'm just. I saw a TikTok of you when you said, "Hey, remember, we write for Walmart." Oh yeah, we write Hallmark.
2: for Walmart, not Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an old saying. <laughs> it's an old. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get people with like a real poetic bent or tilt, which uh, I love. Yeah. Like, one of my favorites, Tia Sillers, my favorite co-writer in the world. Yeah. And, uh, She's
1: kind of a mentor to you, wasn't? Oh, she?
2: totally. Yeah, yeah. she. Yeah. Uh, her just her lyrical sense is amazing, and but sometimes you can get too smart for the room or too just left field of center, which are fine if you want to write great bluebird songs or <laughs> as I call them. Yeah. But if you want radio, radio is, you know from what I've read is an average of fourth grade ed- education. Really lyrically?
0: Wow! No like kidding.
2: number one hit songs. Uh. So, if you're getting, you know, two college level 301 instead of 101, you might be, I mean, if you're trying to get songs cut by other people.
1: That's interesting.
2: I mean, you got to kind of keep it simple, you know. So, just try not to write for, you know, Hallmark, Walmart, write for Walmart. Right for Walmart.
1: Interesting you need to keep in mind. Because you know, that's
2: your audience. I mean, that's yeah. your, you know, go to a Luke Bryan concert and look at all the trucks in the, in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, and all the tailgaters. I mean, that's got to remember who it is. So I always think, you know, if I'm writing this, what is Walmart going to think? Mm. Not the store, but my audience, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I gotcha. you. Now, you write for all the genres. And uh, so I imagine you get into a room and you don't say, hey, what are we going to write today? We're going to do blues. What do you <laughs> feel like today? You probably, it, what, you write who's in the room? Uh, it,
2: it, I'm a big believer of just writing what shows up because... I am too. I mean, I, uh, since I do it Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and... I kind of don't wait for inspiration. Uh, it's more perspiration, really, mm-hmm. just because grind uh, it out. Yeah. But it does depend on who's in the room. If you get, you know, you know, there's always like a real estate. There's someone who frames the house, which is probably the guy. I love of, this analogy. Mm-hmm. And the guy that does the real estate listing, he's just typing out lyrics. Mm-hmm. He's just listing the house. Yeah. You know, and uh, and you got your decorator, which I call the artist, because they're making it look pretty and sound pretty. But it's interesting. So uh, it really depends on who's in the room that day and uh, like kind of what role you're going to play. I gotcha. But really, I mean, the hardest part of the job is really finding the idea. I'll, I agree. Um, and sometimes you'll sit for two, three hours, like, wishing something would fall out of the sky. Because we can all write a good song right. yeah, at this level that we're at. You can write a good song without even trying. Right. You know, I do that a lot for corporate events and just different. I write with a lot of veterans. Well, I have two hours to write a song with a vet. I love that. And um, so we can write good songs all day long. Right. But really what separates good from great is that's the hard part about the job. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Finding a great idea. Funny and then idea. then writing it right, you yeah. <laughs> know. So you got three minutes to mess it up. <laughs> so you can get a great I've had many great ideas that I've uh, just, you know, didn't know what I was doing or mm-hmm. just didn't have it that day, you know, whatever.
1: And there there's certain ideas that pop up I would imagine where you just can't make it work. You've tried and you oh, try man. and it's just like, man, I love this
2: idea, but it's just
1: not it's, going anywhere.
2: You know, right? it's fun to try though. I mean uh-huh. I always like try to swing for the fence. Yeah. You know, even if it's way left. Like, I just wrote a song a month ago. This girl had an idea. It was called Idaho. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do Idaho that done took your man. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, no one's ever going to cut this song, but it was fun to write that day. (laughs) I bet it was. Uh,
1: Sometimes it's about having fun, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's got to be fun. I mean, 99% of your time's got to be fun. It's got to be. That's That's
1: what I love about
2: it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh But yeah, you got to do it.
1: I read an interesting story about you going back, Uh-oh. take your way back. So, you grew up in Chicago.
2: Chicago, yeah. Came
1: time to uh, choose uh, in music class which instrument you wanted to play. And you said, oh, saxophone. And mom and dad said, no, nah,
2: Yeah, that was actually fifth grade. Fifth grade, was it? Yeah, fifth grade. Yeah. And my mom was like, afraid I was going to blow my ears out. <laughs>
1: That's going to be too loud.
2: and, squeaky and uh, So, I ended up playing a snare drum. Just one drum with sticks, and she regretted that decision ever since. <laughs> I was going to say. There, was pop- problem, there had to be a day where they went, we should have picked, let him yeah, do pic- the saxophone. Piccolo or flute, even. You know? <laughs> but uh, from that fifth grade, picking out a snare drum, and I, I, you know, that changed the whole course of my life, really, because I grew up a drummer. And grew-
1: you, you went on the road with those drums,
2: right? Oh, you had yeah, some fun. I, when I first moved to Nashville, I, that's all I did. My first seven years were all playing a lot of CCM music. I started out in with Bob Carlisle, you know, the Butterfly Kisses guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mindy McCready. Mindy McCready, uh, I saw. yeah. Trent Willman. Uh, just anybody that would pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I remember, I was on the road for seven years. I did a corporate band for a couple of years. All over the world. New Zealand. I mean, wow. Africa, South America, Europe, Czechoslovakia. All the places I haven't played are the Middle East, Japan. In any communist country. Uh Ah, okay. (laughs) But everywhere else I played,
1: so. See the the world with your music, that's awesome. Yeah,
2: on other people's money, (laughs) which I loved. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. But um, I imagine it could be a grind after a while. Yeah, I
2: remember after seven years, I Mm. remember the day, not the actual day, but I remember the day I got on the bus in 2003. Mm -hmm. I got on the bus and I just looked around and I was like, oh, I'm so done doing this. I'm (laughs) done. Like I knew that, that fire just went, it blew out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's, and you know, I had started really writing like a year before that. Too, that's what I was going to ask next. Because I knew yeah. I was going to do something else. Because yeah. as, as a musician, you don't own anything. Yeah. You get paid to play. That's right. You know, you don't have any.
1: Equity in it, do you?
2: Yeah. No equity at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I ran it, I don't want to say his name, but I ran into a drummer who had the biggest gig you could have in country music at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he was slinging bags at Southwest, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, this this guy, my artist, is making a movie for a year, and so I didn't, you know, I need income. Yeah. At that time, they weren't on doing the salary thing." So he's like, "I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's got the biggest gig as a drummer you can have, and here he is, you know, working for a year at Southwest." Mm. So I really that really changed my mind. I, you know, I'd always written my whole life, but. I really started to tighten the screws down and really concentrate on trying to get a writing deal and do all that.
1: So you started writing very young, very young age?
2: I started in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I said, I was a drummer, so I was in like Prague rock bands growing up. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, all the you know, hard hottest drums I could play. I would love all that. Band stuff. called
1: Zephyr, I was reading about.
2: Zephyr, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. When'd you get all this information? Oh
1: man, it's out there, my friend. I do my own work.
2: Wow, Zephyr.
1: And he oh uh, yeah, had pretty pretty famous guitar player and singer. Oh, year.
2: Billy Corgan. Yeah. Yeah, he went to the Smashing same buttons. high school. He was a yeah. senior and I was a freshman. We were in a band called Lex. was our first band. Lex, that's true. Okay. I remember painting my bass drum head all red and then used yellow letters, L-E-X. <laughs> Lex. And uh, we'd play, uh, you know, all con- we played in backyard parties. We, you know, played, a lot of it was a garage band, just dreaming, you know. Mm-hmm. But I remember we played our uh, talent show, and uh, how'd it go? You know, Crazy Train? Yeah! Going off the rails on the Crazy Train. Crazy Train. And the other song was a Rush song, Bastille Day. Okay. Yeah? But, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I thought he was terrible back then. (laughs) You know, because that was before the Nirvana, where your guitar was out of tune. You know, he could barely sing. Because at that time, it was like a journey... Yeah. R.O. Speedwagon, all these great singers. Yeah. yeah. So when he was singing, it was okay, but it was nothing like what I was used to. Yeah. That changed things, yeah. too. Oh. You know? Oh, Nevada just knocked really all did. those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You talk about, you know, creating your own genre. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know? For sure. Yeah. That then all It those... wasn't
1: grunge rock before that. It yeah. It wasn't a grudge So.
2: So, uh, yeah, I missed, uh, you know, I could have been the pumpkin drummer if mm-hmm. I'd have stayed two more years, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't
1: no <laughs> was it off to Nashville or other things yeah, yeah.
2: pretty much Nashville well yeah. I, I think I joined a Christian group like some of us half of us went and did like a Christian Zephyr okay. which is kind of a Christian group was it a Christian group okay yeah so you know wow it's all, it's all God's fault
1: now when did you pick up guitar drums was the first uh, instrument let see
2: through high school I started playing piano first I would skip class and go to the practice room to just I'd go you know every good boy does fine <laughs> That's a G, put my finger on G, every boy does fine mm-hmm. and that. It would take hours just to like learn one line of yeah. <laughs> piano music. Yeah. So that was kind of uh, eventually kind of more learned how to play chords and how they, that was a lot quicker and a lot easier than trying to learn it classically, I guess, you know. <laughs> and then I picked up guitar late in high school and started writing songs, you know, once we got into these bands. And I remember being 16, and playing at a talent show at high school, playing some song that was a horrible song. It's probably called I Love You, you know.
0: <laughs> I love you, I love you more than anything.
2: But everybody loved it, and they went nuts. I was like, wow, people like music, you know. And, <laughs> I guess and you were hooked, That's kind huh? of where I got the bug, you know. Yeah? Uh, the first yeah. big thing that really made me move to Nashville was I entered this songwriting competition. And I can't remember the name of the school. It was somewhere in southern Illinois. It was a Christian college. Yeah. And uh, I I must have heard about it through like CCM magazine or something. But uh, So I edited a song, and uh, Niles Baroque, I don't know if you know him. Don't. He was was a huge, he wrote like Via Dolorosa. Down
0: Mm -hmm. to Via Dolorosa. Wow. Tell the way of suffering.
2: A lot of Christian songs. Mm -hmm. And... uh, so he was the judge, and uh, I ended up winning the grand prize.
1: Wow! Which
2: was a song called "Stand at the Door," <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had turned it in the de- the last day I could turn it in, and he even told me it was one of the last songs he heard. So, which might have had a lot to do with it, <laughs> why he liked it, but oh, <laughs> wait, I doubt it. But that's he kind of said, you know, you should move to Nashville. Well, because he had lived here twenty years, and at that point, and he was a big, you know, many Dove awards writing christian music so originally moving here i thought well i'm gonna come here and play drums and try and write christian music because that's what i grew up on a lot of prog rock and christian music wow my mom would throw out my how about that
1: do those go together yeah my mom would
2: throw out my you know hard records like rush Uh uh-huh you know anything that had like a pentagram on it or Uh, you know she just throw those music son i kind of had i had to compromise and you know listen to striper or some kind of metal that was christian lyric you know tesla was tesla i think were they christian man i don't think so i don't know it's a good car though oh no um petra 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 is the one yeah yes you know it's funny i just wrote last week with a guy named billy smiley Uh who was in a band called whiteheart okay and that was one of my favorite bands growing up when i was 12 years old they were like it was dan huff's original band oh okay he was elite. him and his brother. You know, he was playing guitar. David Huff played drums. Wow. You know, oh my gosh, big time. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Way back in the day.
1: Wow. Well, before we get too far, let's play another yep. song. Yeah, and then we're going to take a little break and we'll come back. Pete Harris right. is our guest. Other songwriter connection. Something, uh, something you got going
2: there. Let me find. Uh, let me play this one. This is kind of new. I wrote this last month and. Uh, Uh, I I got the idea, I I saw a story online, uh, this 81-year-old guy, you know, he's a multimillionaire, and they said, well, what do you want to do? You're 81, you got all the money you could ever need, Mm -hmm. and his answer was, well, I want to die broke. (laughs) And I went, oh, I love that idea, let's try and write that. So I ended up writing this with uh, a guy named Dan Hudson, Connor Hicks, so I'm going to try this, this is kind of new, but...
0: I want to skydive from a plane, go all in on roulette twenty eight, see the northern lights, catch a home run at a Yankee game, put the coffee in the deal, give the pedal down, check it flag feeling. So when I take my last lap around, before they put me in the ground. No more love left in this heart No more gas left in this tank When they read my will in a dollar bill Or a penny left in the bank I'm heaven bound And hell bent I'm living a lie. well spent but Everybody knows you can't Take it with you and you go So when I go I wanna go Bro. I
2: wanna
0: Boom. I want to wet that fishing line Anytime my boy says, Dad, let's go hmm. Take my wife on more date nights Till she's drawing our names on a steamed up window So up every single second So there ain't any question With the last breath of my life Make sure I say goodbye Left in this heart, no more gas left in this tank. When they read my will, ain't a dollar bill or a penny left in the bank. I'm heaven bound and hell bent. I'm living life well spent. Yeah, everybody knows you can't take it with you when you go. So when I go, I wanna go. Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch So I'm gonna leave this world With just one wish That'll leave it with No more love left in this heart No more gas left in my tank When they read my will and die the bill. Take it with you any you go. So when I go, I wanna go Boat. <laughs> I
2: wanna go
1: pro writer from nashville is our guest on the songwriter connection podcast i've got to take a break because i'll use that time to cross that idea off my 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 hook hook book okay
2: be right back i'd write it in there
1: (laughs) this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand
0: you're listening to the Songwriter Connection. Connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Who, who's that girl? Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. That
1: is that is Kate Martin. And we found her on Fiverr. She's out of New York City. I love Fiverr. her voice. Yeah. She's amazing, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, I just
2: kind of used Fiverr the other day. Yeah just downloaded it
1: but you know I, I use them a lot I they did the last lyric video for me I found them through Fiverr and did a really great 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 job so huh. uh, yeah mm. I use that a lot and I'm on there too so for voiceovers and things like that too so
2: yeah you got a great voice yeah thank you very mine much mine sounds
1: really tiny yeah. and thin <laughs> I want to go broke that is pretty cool. You guys wrote the heck out of that show. Yeah, you know, oh, that's I why love- I'm crossing it off. I don't want to, you know. I, ain't gonna compete I with that, uh,
2: yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I, know- and the guy that I wrote it with, his boy, he's his names Connor Hicks. First time I wrote with him, yeah. And he sang the the work tape. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, wow, this guy's a great man. singer. Yeah. So he's coming over Wednesday. We're gonna I have to sing a couple little retweets, uh-huh. that we tweaked, and then once it's done, I'm gonna be. Don't yeah. all around. That's cool. Yeah, that's one to pitch for sure. Yeah. absolutely, a great, great song. Yeah, the demo's great. So, yeah,
1: yeah. you know, and we're t- you're talking about the idea of the song, and um, we talk a lot about copywriting and things. And, and I know people, th- th- some writers are just so sensitive. I've got to copyright it. you uh. really? It's copyrighted when you wrote it, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't copyright an idea, right? You you can't. And yeah. and and a lot of times, um, you know, like I remember one uh, writer I was talking to just uh, just a couple weeks ago. I, I do a little. Writer's Round on 12, uh, 12 Keys, where you played a few yeah. times. And he was saying, I was in a, writer, a room with, he uh, was writing a curb, and he said, I throw out an idea, and they go, right, I wrote that two weeks ago. Now I wrote that one. Now we've written that one. He said, I went through like 12 ideas, and they've written them all, you know. Yeah. And so I guess the idea, I think the thing is, hang on to the ideas, folks, because you never know. And when you throw those ideas out, you know, you're going to find somebody that wants to, that it resonates with someone. And, uh, and you're going to write a song, absolutely. Oh, i yeah.
2: thousands of titles. I know they've been in there three years, and finally, for whatever reason, that day, I think it's just the universe Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. sets it up and makes it happen for whatever reason. You see it that one time. You haven't seen it in a year. Right. Scrolling around, you see it, and you're with a girl, like, oh, it'll be a great girl song. You know, just...
1: And there's also a lot of different perspectives to look at that idea, yeah. you know. Um, Jim Melko, who is our uh, leader in, in Cincinnati, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Dayton Cincinnati NSAI chapter, I know you work with them too.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, he used to say, it's where you put the camera, you know, uh, your point of view. And everybody has that unique point of view yeah. approaching that That's idea. That's really how
2: you got to find your own voice and mm-hmm. the way you say things when you write songs, you know.
1: You do have to find your own voice.
2: Um, a lot yeah. of the stuff on the radio, a lot of the, you know, I feel like, You know, I got hooked on, like, Chuck Cannon. Oh, love Chuck Cannon. You know, Don Schlitz. All Uh, these great... Great Overstreet, I mean... Overstreet, yeah. Great writers. And it's just... You know, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but I don't care. But, like, (laughs) it just feels like everything's so watered down. There's, like, no... The perspectives have gotten so vanilla and homogenized. Yeah. That it's just boring.
1: Then along comes a guy like Oliver Anthony. Yeah. I've been following I mean, him. Go, go figure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just he heard just, him on the Joe yeah.
2: Rogan podcast. Um, yeah. The great podcast. Yeah. You got almost as many followers. I right? do. Yeah. In, the, in my dreams. <laughs> 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 but yeah, what a guy. He's on there. He's, you know, reading the Bible verses to yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Talking about God. I mean, yeah. I guess he's kind of. Found God in the last forty-five days.
1: I'm sure you're familiar with him, uh, listening wherever you are. Um, if you're not, look him up. Uh, red guy, big red and beard, very and clever, Richmond, North of Richmond, Richmond. Yeah,
2: you know, and yeah, yeah. U- using you know miners and miners, uh, you know, just that's obviously, great. You know all those little tricks you learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, you know, I had to look up how far D.C. was from Richmond because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But it's real close, hundred miles north.
1: That's it, huh? Well, so, yeah. I love how in the uh, Republican uh, debate, uh, they brought him up and they said, why does that song resonate in America? And, and, and then his later comments were, you know, I wrote that song about guys like that on yeah, that stage,
2: yeah. you know, yeah. and it's
1: funny that they want to, you know, grasp onto me. So
2: yeah, he talked about that on that podcast yeah. a lot, like, mm-hmm. you know,
1: he, interesting he's stuff.
2: kind of not one way or the other and. So you never know.
1: Yeah, You really never know.
2: You yeah, know? I, I'm, just, I'm just glad that all the TikTok algor- algorithms will make all the, because all you see on TikTok is mm-hmm. songwriters and artists singing their songs in their car. Mm-hmm. You've seen I've seen that. That's all they do. Because uh-huh. somewhere someone said, oh, the algorithm knows that you're in a car and you need to like, sing a song in a car. Okay, well... So now I'm happy that they're going to be all out in the forest in front of a tree with a resonator (laughs) guitar by themselves. That's right. (laughs) I'm waiting to see those start coming out. Ribbon microphone. There you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't get that either uh, on TikTok. The other thing I don't get is we're seeing a lot of women putting on makeup as they're talking their TikTok. I'm like, what's that all about? There's got to be something in the algorithm about that have you seen that uh i've seen they're a lot of talking makeup. and they're putting on their makeup at the same time i
2: watch a lot of those just to help myself i mean <laughs> i gotta learn how to put on a shade of <laughs> cheek blush yeah me too yeah um yeah there's all hide TikTok the bags under crazy my eyes. world but,
1: yeah it is you know, but I'm, you know what it's turning people on to a lot of music and a lot of different hey, things it's, you know
2: it's almost I, this there's a guy right with cooper allen I started writing him three years ago. He's now in three years got to nine million oh. TikTok followers. well wow. Just announced a tour. He's going all fall. All fall, uh-huh. selling out every place he goes with no label. Oh man! Only because of he's big on TikTok. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, just just a couple. He copies. doesn't need a label anymore. No.
1: Do you need a label anymore? That's that's your future. You know. It, right you there.
2: know. You don't need a label so much anymore. You just need. 10,000 rabid fans.
1: Exactly. That's all you need yeah. to have a career in music. Now, I read somewhere it was something like $40,000 a month or day even for this Oliver Anthony because of the way that blew up.
2: Yeah, that's is, what I've heard. is that crazy? He's got like six of the top ten on it's, iTunes, right? Isn't
1: that amazing? Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Maybe you don't need that today.
2: Uh, you know, it's just, you know, the labels uh, used to Here's another good saying. I won't say the big label head that said this to me, but he said, uh, you know, we, we don't build fires anymore. We look for smoke. Oh. So if you're an artist, want to be independent artist, you got to kind of make it happen for yourself. Yeah. I always say labels will start coming knocking when you don't need them anymore. Mm. When you really don't need them. Right. You know?
1: And again, going back to Oliver Anthony, they, he got like an $8 million offer. Uh, and turn it down. Yeah. I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. That's something. It really Hey, for more on TikTok and stuff, uh, A-L, uh, is the artist. A-E-L-L-E. She was on the podcast uh, a few months back. Uh, you can find it. And she talks a lot about, uh, TikTok and how to, how to do the TikTok thing, which I'm still learning myself. And as evidence, she's, her, her video with Brother Joe was a mashup of, and I don't know if you've heard this yet, it's the dance and, uh, I remember it's called remember the dance. It was a lady Gaga Garth Brooks mashup. And they they did this video at this old church down in Columbia and, um, just a a beautiful mash. I mean, it was just so unexpected, but it was great. And to this day, it's over 400 million streams out there and because it got to Garth and he put it on your studio G and it just started growing. and, And if you haven't seen it yet, do and I'm telling you you'll be impressed
2: so she called remember the dance remember the dance is okay. what she calls it yeah yeah Garth was like so, so emotional is, she, is the artist singing
1: yeah uh, brother Joe and A.L. she goes by it's Ashley Litton okay. uh, and uh, it's just fantastic I'll play it for you before you leave yeah alright you'll love it. it you'll absolutely love it how about another song that's the one from you we get si- I get sidetracked on the show but that's half A the fun song yeah. yeah something you wrote one of the stories behind she- it we like the stories behind the songs you're on the Songwriter Connection podcast.
2: Well, let's see. I can do one. A lot of people like me to play out live. Yeah, do one of those, man. I mean, I was down in Florida. I think I was at uh, the Frank Brown a Love couple Frank years Brown. ago, yeah. and um, went last year. Had a blast. And I remember I was sitting out on the. I was staying at a house down there. And I, they had like a boat, and I was sitting by the boat. But it's like those little channels behind the house Mm -hmm. Uh, and I wrote this whole lyric just that night all I had was a lyric I didn't have any kind of melody or anything and then I went back to Nashville and the next day I was writing with uh, (laughs) Clint and Bob Moffat the Moffat Brothers, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I haven't. Moffat, they, they were famous in Canada. Had a TV show and all that. But wow! They were two brothers. So we, I just, and I was in a hurry to finish it because I love the idea. So we wrote it that day at Song and uh, it's just one one of my favorites. So it is another, you know, idea kind of song. I'm, I'm so turned on and excited by ideas of a song more than anything else when I hear a song because you know? I'm always looking for good ideas. But, oh yeah! All right, here we go.
0: She was a redhead from Kentucky While there's a bluegrass sweet as her, She has some green eyes that make any man want to love her He was a back-view rebel from Cleveland With a trail of tears from all his leaving He loved it just long enough to discover and She was a rainbow days between the rain and the sun. He had a fast car, like his heart, always on the run. She was the beauty that painted his sky. She was a rainbow, but he was colorblind. the minute she was forever. They were a wildfire burning together. She was the bush that made that summer come to light. But he only saw his world in black and white. And she was a rainbow. was the beauty that painted his skies. She was a rainbow he was colored by Oh colored yeah. And as the years roll on by those clouds in the sky, Just like pizza Always on the road There's a bluegrass, sweet as honey. She has some green eyes that make any man want to love her. But he was colorblind.
1: (laughs) He's Alice. (laughs) Colorblind, (gasps) that name of the song? Colorblind, yeah. yeah. Great great job. Good job. Well done, my friend. Hey, you know, you get
2: lucky every now and then.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I was watching a TikTok video the other day. My friend uh, Jamie Harris was on. Jamie's one of my favorite singers. Uh She calls what she does folk and roll and just a (laughs) tremendous voice. And (laughs) and I've interviewed her twice on this podcast. And she says, can we finally... Retire the question in interviews. What came first, the melody or the lyrics? Oh man! I
2: mean, <laughs> and it
1: gets asked a lot of different ways. And I go, I promise from now on, I'm not going to ask that. Ask question, me that but, question. Ask me. But that question. now you you started because you said you had that lyric first. I just wrote
2: it down one day. Yeah, that's <laughs> rare. That's rare. Usually, I'm just like at the same time. Yeah, get a groove and kind of mumble words and you know, kind of work off an idea. You so, so
1: you had kind of a, a groove in your mind, a cadence in your mind. Or did I, you have a song
2: I didn't Not no. at all. I just kind of wrote it out well
1: let me ask, here's the question I want to ask you then so you had you had the lyrics all laid out um and and af- if, when you look at those did just from reading the lyrics did the, did the melody start to pop into your head no no
2: I just had I mean I, I I guess there's a cadence when you kind of write a lyric you know she mm-hmm. was a redhead from Kentucky mm-hmm. you know you kind of can kind of hear a little yeah a rhythm or a beat being a drummer mm-hmm but there really, there was no melody at all. Yeah. Uh, huh.
1: So when you guys sat down, then it was about building a melody. picking
2: up a guitar. And...
1: Where are we going? Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, what, what kind of artist, you know. Yeah. I think in my mind, we were thinking about Blake Shelton. Mm-hmm. This is probably two years old that we wrote this. I still want to get it to Blake. I don't know why, but. Yeah
1: hey Blake if you're listening so there's another idea so when you get into a room does that happen a lot who are we going to write for today
2: Uh, oh you know that kind of I guess starting out I did it a lot you know because your publisher would say hey this person's looking or that person you kind of have a little bit of like assignment Mm -hmm. writing yeah which is 20% of the time I got you you know, because you know, I need one for 99 so so. of the time. Whoever you're planning on writing it for doesn't cut it, and someone else does. You know, yeah, that's
1: something. <clears throat> yeah, I can imagine. You know,
2: yeah. we always, you know, Kenny Chesney's always been called Tim McGraw's mini-me.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: he would take all of Tim's best songs that Tim passed on, and yeah. Kenny Chesney would record them. Yeah, you know, but
1: he's also a pretty good songwriter.
2: Oh, he he picks great songs.
1: Yeah. Oh, they've been really good about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, finds the best songs.
2: Cuz he ain't the best singer in the world, no, you know? But no. uh, he he has a great song same with Tim McGraw. Yeah. Great song sense, pick great songs. Yeah. You know, now every artist and their mother has to write the song for all the well, all it, the reasons we know why we know why they well, have to do that. It's the business today. You know? um, yeah. But man, those the guys with the longest 20 plus year careers are guys that pick great songs, you know, whether yeah. they wrote them or not. Yeah that's so true you know and I think uh, who's the guy at Warner oh my gosh I can't remember his name I've known him forever mm. he's the head of Warner Chapel Publishing red headed guy anyway he said like last year in an article like we gotta get back to picking songwriters' songs you know mm. songs that I'm hoping it comes back professional songwriters have written you know
1: I'm, I'm hoping it comes back and again it's just the way the business is today there's no more mechanicals which are right. uh, the, the sales of the although uh, vinyl is coming back now CDs and vinyl um they they're streaming everything right yeah. so um yeah
2: we've gone from buying music to renting it
1: to renting it yes <laughs> And, and people don't feel the need to own, have to own it. But I'm, so
2: like I'm old school. I like, yeah.
1: the, I like to have the record collection.
2: I would go spend hours with Tower oh, Records. Me too. Just walking are you through and looking at different albums.
1: Still one of my favorite things to do, yeah. Pete. You yeah. know, if we go to like the flea market or whatever, where there's mm-hmm. records, I'm looking through every one. You know, got them, got them, don't got them. That kind of thing, you know? But I mean, it's so what these artists are doing is they're signing these 360 deals, folks. And yeah. what it means is uh, they're getting a part of the, the not only on the road, uh, but the merch. And they want you writing songs because there's royalties if the radio picks it up. And they're going to take a part of your royalties. And so that's just the thing. We're seeing more and more artists writing the songs. And so, uh, you know, writers like you and I, we'd like to get in the room with the artists, oh, right? It's if it's all possible.
2: I mean, if you're not in the room with an artist or producer, it's almost pointless.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. There's and, no
2: reason for me to get out of bed and go write with.
1: And I know writers will say just even that. Even
2: writers who have number one hits. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's like. You know, I only do it because I like that person <laughs> you know yeah. oh yeah Yeah.
1: and I've had writers say yeah I'd, I'd love to write with you but you'd bring an artist yeah okay yeah. well, I'd bring an artist you know uh, so I've been having a lot of success you know indie wise with, yeah. with up and coming new artists and yeah. working with them and that's what I'd love to do and I know you do too There's you're that, quite a mentor the, you
2: know it's the whole new thing of you know writing with young artists owning the master mm-hmm. which is kind of a new thing it's hard to like yeah I don't know you at all, but we're going to write. But I want like a third of yeah. the master, or half, you know, because we got to make money somehow. Somehow, yeah, you know?
1: yeah, you know. And we're not even talking about sync. Anyone you mentioned to that? Um,
2: I do have a song in a movie uh, coming out. What was the date? Coming out soon. Well, the song I wrote. She she was under my bed with Riley Weston. Yeah, she's a big love her. By the way,
1: I you do. know her. I've met her once or twice. Yeah. Just absolutely love her. Yeah, she's she a writes. Wife.
2: She writes Hallmark movies. Hallmark and, movies. Yes. Uh, Lifetime Network. Oh, she's amazing. And, uh, like a month and a half ago, she called me and said, "Hey, I got this movie. We need a theme song at the end of the movie." She came over. We, she had the idea and all that, and we just kind of wrote it. Yeah. And uh, the uh, main actor, Trevor Donovan, I think his name is. <laughs> he ended up singing in the studio uh, that used my track and. Uh, it made the movie. They filmed it all. They they filmed Pain it right before the writer strike and the, um, and the actor strike. Oh boy. So they had 12 days to get this whole Lifetime movie fixed or in the can, as they say. Mm. And they did it. So it's I think it's September 30th on Lifetime. Lifetime or
1: do you remember the name of it at all? Twice well, or? you know they changed the name Names, of the. They do that.
2: Uh, yeah. I think it's called... uh, It was going to be Apple Orchard... Yeah. Well... Oh, here it is. Hold on. Yeah, it's going to be called... It is called... No, that can't be it. (laughs) Uh, A Harvest Homecoming?
1: A Harvest Homecoming.
2: It was... It was... Apple Orchards and Romance. Or oh, okay. Anyway, I didn't write the movie. It's all her fault. If you don't like the movie, that's her fault. Riley wrote it, huh? Yeah, she wrote the whole thing. And the yeah. song
1: is called We Have to Listen when we we'll watch it. We'll listen for it.
2: It's at the end, and uh, I don't even know the name of it, honestly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> But, Listen to the very end, and you're gonna find me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm terrible at that. Really. That's awesome, but yeah, sync is another world. You got to. Yeah, try do it really that. is. As a songwriter, you want to make money anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's true. You got
2: to, unless you just, just want to do it as a hobby. That's you know. Yeah, yeah. I you know, looking back now, I probably could have become a doctor and do music for fun.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people do that. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about uh, in the past uh, month or so on the podcast. We've talked about defining success and how you define success. And uh, I came across one of your quotes that you said, uh, I just hope to write music that moves people to dance, bob the head, uh, cry some tears, laugh a little, and point them to heaven. And if I could do that, then I fulfilled my life's calling. Oh, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. That's success for you? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a new just quote. get
2: some kind of emotional response, you know, yeah, even if they hate you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like on TikTok, feel like it's a waste of time to put up any just you playing a guitar yeah Uh, you you gotta get a reaction so i feel like you have to either be really funny Mm -hmm. really shocking or something that makes people just outrageously hate you (laughs) or just to get a reaction yeah you know because there's so much noise out there how do you rise above the noise is it going to be me playing a guitar and you know People are gonna slide. They're gonna swipe right by that in two seconds. Absolutely. So you got you, you got to get a reaction right away. You got three seconds to get some kind of. reaction. That's why it. I like playing writers'
1: rounds, and I know you do a lot of those too, because yeah. you get that immediate impact. You yeah, know? yeah. If, if they're, they're picking up their phones and they're not paying attention, well, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, I I played the Bluebird probably a hundred times. I played it four times in July. Wow. And it's funny, I played there that many times, and I played that broke song first. Yeah. I just written it. And I was like, all I said was, "Here's a story of a guy that was 81." And He said, "You know, what do you want to do with your life?" And he said, "Well, when I want to die broke." <laughs> I so it. I played the song. That's the first time they all had a standing ovation. Really? After the first song of the I whole, it. I just started. I was like, "What? Is well, that? that's a hit." <laughs> so, wow! It shocked me. I just I'd never happened before. But that's yeah. Amazing. But any kind of reaction is great, you know. Yeah, I and I grew up in Christian music, raised on it, so I'm all you know. There's a lot of hidden faith and. You know, in songs of mine, mm-hmm. even though I'm not, you know, like a real Joe religious, but mm-hmm. it's just how I was raised, and it's part of my foundation, you know. That's good. So I, I do have written... You, you know, have to have Christian a solid songs. foundation, yeah.
1: don't you? Yeah, you really do. Well, how about you take us out with one? We're running out of time here, and I'd love to hear at least one more song from Pete. is well, our, uh, our writer and friend, and we're making the connection with you on our show today.
2: So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking maybe... In the honor of Jimmy Buffett, a beach yeah. song. How about a beach song? Yeah. Oh, you got a great beach song. Which one? Um. Ah. There's one called "To Beach Their Own."
1: To beach their own is the one I'm thinking. Or flip flops. Well, your choice. Like Whichever it. one you don't do, folks, look it up, in, and you'll find it online. You, you will. These are great songs.
2: We do uh flip flops.
1: Flip flops. Okay.
2: It's kind of catchy. And uh, in fact, I wrote this with Riley. Was you it? did. Like, okay. Many years ago,
1: when you talked to her, tiller, we won her as a guest on the
2: show. I think she'd do it. Oh, why not? Yeah, I'd love to have her. I just absolutely love her. So in honor of Jimmy Buffett, who passed away yesterday, I'm going to send this out. We wrote this for Kenny Chesney, by the way. He hasn't heard it yet, but Mm. that's who we wrote it for. (laughs) Cold beer and a cursing.
0: A copper-toned cutie lying next to me in the sand Nothing but time on a hand Waves are on a mission guiding me a wishing I could stay here all year long Where all you hear with Jimmy Buffett's song Life is better in flip-flops Fill my glass to the tip top No looking at the tip top Oh, just me and my honey Getting in a little sunny all week Laid back and kind of lazy No worries, no hurries, no socks Life is better in flip-flops singing, hammocks are swinging, umbrella spinning round in a breeze. I'm in a picture perfect postcard seat. Horizons getting hazy, it's almost time for crazy. So get up and breathe it all in. And nothing beats living like this. Life is better in flip-flops. Fill my glass to the tip-top. Looking at the TikTok. Oh, just me and my honey. Getting a little little sunny all week. Lay back and kind of lazy. No worries, no hurries, no socks.
2: know what you're thinking. Everybody always sees those guys that wear flip-flops with their white socks? You ever seen those guys? <laughs> I have seen them. That's, just, that's so wrong. That is wrong. Never wear socks with any kind of flip-flops. Or sandals. Sandals, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll take a pair in every color, one for every day of the week. Because mm-hmm. when I slip them on, nothing can go wrong. It's a salty air yeah, beach, chair, blue sky philosophy. <laughs> Flip flops, fill my glass to the tip top. Oh, yeah. No oh, looking at the tick top. But oh, just me and my honey getting naked in the sun. Lay back, you're kind of lazy No worries, no hurries, no socks Life is better in place
1: Agree more, and I'm less than two weeks away from that beach, baby. Where are you going? Destin, man. We go there every year around this time, so uh, I just love that beach there. White sand. Beautiful. Mm. I'm gonna dip my feet in that sand. We're nothing but flip flops. Redneck uh, Riviera. You betcha, you, baby. <laughs> Pete, thanks. Needed that song today. Appreciate. Oh, that.
2: thanks for having me out. Yeah, yeah,
1: I've really enjoyed our time together, and uh, I hope you'll listen in next week too. So we've got another big hit writer, uh, Craig Monday, is going. Craig to Monday, yeah, love him. He's going to be here too. So, uh,
2: but you can't interview him on a Tuesday. Why's that? You got to do it on a Monday. Uh, oh, <laughs> Craig Monday. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. All apropos. <laughs> I don't even remember what day it is. <laughs> Most
1: of the time, I don't remember what day it is. So, Pete, thank you so much. Enjoyed your Thank you, Dan. you so much, Dave.
0: Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. <laughs> Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.